Hello, and welcome to the Maiden to Mother podcast. My name is Natalie Bailey, and I'm thrilled you're here. Transitioning from the youthful years of maidenhood to the divine role of motherhood is an arduous journey, one of transformation, of growth, of beauty, and of chaos. In this space, we connect with women and professionals to hear their personal and witnessed experiences of women taking this amazing journey from maiden to mother. Hello everyone. I am so excited that you are here today. This is going to be a really fun episode of this podcast. So um, specifically today, we will focus mostly on the maiden archetype um, as part of the trinity or triple goddess archetypes um, of women. And um, I really wanted to start off, obviously, with the maiden. She is the first archetype that we all navigate through from birth to um, another birth, not necessarily the birth of children, but sometimes the birth of um, a new stage or a new chapter that um, brings us more into a maternal viewpoint of life. Um, but I don't want to get too far ahead in that. We really, I really want to break down today, um, at least at the start here, what the triple goddess or the feminine trinity is, um, and a little bit about each phase, and then we'll dive even deeper into the maiden elements of things. So I think it needs to be uh, discussed or, or shared exactly what a trinity is, um, and examples that we see already in our world of a trinity. So the most um, commonly known and understood trinity is um, that of the Christian faith that we see. Um, so there is God. He is the sovereign being, right? And within God, there are three different aspects or individuals. There is God, there is Jesus, and there is the Holy Spirit, right? And within a trinity, those individuals make up the whole, right? There is really no whole without those three individuals. They are hand in hand with one another. So we see, obviously, that's the most famous trinity, I think, that most people know of. Um, we see trinities even just in existence. So there's birth, there's life and there's death. And those three elements have to be present for a soul to exist on this earth and in this life. Um, you'll even see them in other faiths. So within the Hindu faith, we see Brahma, Vishnu, and uh, Shiva, which make up Brahman, the overall god. And um, you can even see it just in the elements of the earth, that without the element of light, of soil, and of water, nothing really can grow and help us continue to thrive and survive on this planet. So trinities are actually um, around us quite a lot. And within the triple goddess, um, the three archetypes of maiden, mother, and crone make up who the woman is. Now, she may not be existing in each of those at all times. In fact, we see that those tend to be overall phases or chapters 
but that does not mean that the elements of the maiden are not still present in the mother and in the crone and vice versa. There are elements of the crone that can exist in the maiden. There are elements of the mother that can exist in the crone and etc. So they're all very intertwined and they need each other and there needs to be a sovereignty and understanding of each of those aspects of a woman in order for her to, I believe, really feel whole and committed to her existence as a woman on this earth and in this life. So um, so that kind of hopefully gives you an idea of how this podcast will work and what we'll talk about. We will predominantly focus on moving from maiden to mother and, and the absolute spiritual, emotional, mental, physical, social um, shift and uh, transition that that is. And in my opinion, um, something that is greatly dismissed in our culture and I believe leads to a lot of the postpartum depression and anxiety that we see, this lack of honoring and understanding of the massive, massive transformation that women go through um, when they birth something, again, be it a another human being or a project or an idea or um, anything of that nature. So just wanted to make sure that that was really well understood um, before we even dive in quicker. Now, historically, we don't have a whole lot of written down records of this triple goddess. Um, the first time that we actually see it even brought to light in the way that we know it in the modern times is by an author named Robert Graves. And he wrote about the Trinity in his book, The White Goddess. And this was the first time that we started to see or had described really um, literary that there are aspects of women that are divided in some way, shape, or form. Um, and it's also in this time that we started to see an association of the woman with the moon. Now, we've always known that. There's many Native American tribes and other tribes around the world that have honored the feminine through the moon. Um, one thing I came across, which was really funny and interesting, was this concept of solarization, which is the process of reassigning the higher symbolisms that we see in our world. So think like solar and celestial things and leaving those elements to the masculine or identifying those things with the masculine and then leaving the feminine with not necessarily lower in terms of value, but maybe even lower in terms of um, impact. Um, meaning the earth and the moon, right? So solar and celestial, meaning the universe, the elements that are completely out of our control and still have a lot of mysticism and mystery around them. And then associating the feminine more with um, the earth and with the moon, those things that we interact with regularly and come to understand and hopefully um, appreciate over time and support. Um, and I found that concept to be very interesting while, while doing this research. It is no mystery, I believe, to most of you listening, I'm sure, that the woman is associated with the moon also due to her cycle, right? So the average cycle of the moon is 28 days, and um, for a healthy menstrual cycle within a woman, 28 to 30 days is usually best um, to 
move through your hormones and move through your opportunity to produce offspring. Um, and so the moon being associated with um, this triple goddess, the Trinity, is um, it, it kind of goes hand in hand. It, it just completely goes without question that those two things would be associated in some way. So um, on that note, the, um, the different elements of the triple goddess each associate or are associated with um, the different phases of the moon. So the maiden is the new and waxing moon. So going from that darkness into seeing growth and progress, seeing the light beginning to um, form and fill our skies and fill our lives. And then the mother is the full moon. And I always think of beautiful, beautiful pregnant women and how full their body becomes in so many ways when they are holding life. Um, and, you know, I have no doubt that any woman or man, truthfully, that can look up at a full moon and not just be in awe and in reverence of its beauty and majesty. Um, you know, we do the same thing for pregnant women. At least I know I do. I see them and I just absolutely, um, even after having three of my own children, it's still just miraculous to witness a beautiful pregnant woman. And then the crone is associated with the fading and waning moon. So that part of the moon that is just as important to her cycle, um, but that element or that, that part when the darkness begins to come in a little bit more and the light fades, um, which sounds so negative saying it that way, but that's exactly what it is. It goes again from birth to life to death. And we can see that we go from no light to growing light to abundant light to losing light in the moon. And those elements seem to mirror life. Okay, so one thing you guys may not know about me is that I was a history teacher for five years. My degree in college was social studies education. So I just had to get all that history stuff up out of the way. It was very, very elementary in terms of the depth um, that we could go into in terms of the trinities around the world and um, the overall triple goddess aspects themselves. Uh, but I had to get that out of the way. It's just the teacher in me. Thank you for staying put and listening to that. And hopefully you got some good information um, that can help you better understand um, these aspects of the feminine so we can move forward and continue to grow. Okay, so who is the maiden? Who is this maiden archetype and what does she represent or what lessons, pieces of knowledge and inspiration does she bring to our lives and then um, inadvertently to our planet and to our human race? So the maiden is new beginnings. If you need to associate her with a season, she is spring, she is blossoming and blooming she is exploratory and ready to discover. She is connected to nature and has dreams. There is an anticipation within the maiden archetype of all of the possibilities in life, of dreaming and um, discovering and being creative. That's a huge aspect of the maiden is that she really is... The, a creative force. As a maiden, there's really not a whole lot of um, preconceived notions of capabilities and 
and boundaries. Um, if you don't have a daughter, um, look to just children in general, not even boys and girls, because there is there is a gender divide at some age. But just from the very beginning of life, um, there's just this anticipation of everything that life has to offer. And you see that regardless, again, of gender and children. They're just so, so excited to dive into things, right? And with regards to the maiden, she's just always kind of running ahead and really exploring her independence, her individuality, and using elements of nature around her to help her understand that. And nature not necessarily meaning plants and animals and all those things, but nature meaning connection. There is a instinctual need um, within women to connect with other people. We are the weavers of life and society. So we understand how vital it is for us to have one another. And so connecting the maiden with nature is also connecting the maiden with humanity and understanding um, just how important it is that we are there for each other, that we are present with one another. Um, so you'll see a lot of times, especially with girls, they really cling to one another. They have best friends and they tell secrets and they um, really join together and find camaraderie in a very different way than the masculine. And that really is to promote this desire to connect and to explore and discover. And other aspects of the maiden that kind of go hand in hand with that are this idea of self-expression through beauty and through movement and through sexuality. So, um, you know, thinking of small girls, you see this desire to, especially in our society, to be a princess or to dress up or um, to be a fairy or something that is mystical and magical, but that we have associated with beauty and majesty. These, there's a reason that girls are drawn to those kind of things. Um, and it's not necessarily of a sexual nature, but there is sexuality in it, in that um, I believe we are instinctually programmed to understand that our physical bodies and what they portray will secure us in life potentially later on. Um, and so we don't really see this obviously in little girls from a sexual nature, but we do see it in adolescence and into the 20s and 30s where we begin to understand the power of our sexuality and that we have a choice of whether or not we want to use it and how we want to use it and to what end. Um, the part of the maiden that is beautiful and yet um, where the lessons come from is the maiden is happy to run ahead on the path, right? And try to forge a new way and show her independence. But the maiden still does not understand fully what could lie ahead. There is not the wisdom and knowledge base always laid out for them to really fully understand the impact of their actions and the impact of their individuality within their world and within their life. One of my favorite ways that I saw a maiden described was that she is a collector. 
right? She gathers things in life. She gathers her dreams and ideas and these desires, and she really pulls them into herself. And if she's fully supported as a youth um, and leading into adulthood, she takes all of those things and she tries them out in some way, in a, hopefully in a safe and supportive environment. And she explores in that way. And it's from taking that transition from maiden to mother that after having those experiences and collecting and gathering those things together, hopefully we will have found one that resonates deeply within um, our purpose, what we believe our purpose to be on this earth. And within motherhood and even into cronehood, understanding that, okay, I have found it and here's now where my focus needs to be because I have found what brings me fulfillment, what helps me to thrive, and what contributes positively to our world. It really is that the maiden archetype is, or the maiden phase of our lives, is the time when we are just really taking it slow and building just brick by brick our own definition of femininity and who we want to be, what kind of woman we want to be, and understanding the massive impact that the feminine has in the world. So, I mean, ideally, you know, if you're bringing up a daughter or you're bringing up a business and you are in that maiden phase of things, you're really trying everything out and hopefully, again, you are being nurtured in that way and uplifted and empowered to do those things so that there does not develop these um, this la lack of confidence or uh, these doubts that we see so many women have in our society. Doubts about our physical appearance of which we really can't control. Doubts about who we are and how we will allow people to treat us, how we will treat ourselves, where our priorities are going to be in life, right? So during maidenhood, we're really working that out. I mean, think about when you see kids, specifically girls, fight right? They, they try everything. You will see them be very forceful and, and um, blunt and mean at times to people. And they're not doing that because at their heart, as a maiden, they are that way. They're trying something. They are exploring and discovering what works and how best to stay connected to people, right? And so the lesson then hopefully comes of, well, causing another person pain and hurt does not ensure that I stay connected to someone or something. And so I need to shift that. And maybe then you start to see a different approach of forgiveness or of understanding or of better communication as the maiden begins to mature and understanding that it's not about me. It is about us. It is about the whole. And even still having those selfish elements, which we all should always have selfish elements, to be honest, but still having those selfish elements of I'm going to choose to behave a certain way because I want to ensure my own safety and my own stability within society. Now, a big rite of passage in the maiden archetype um, is starting your period, your first bleed. And we see this same um, rite of passage. We see other rites of passages 
in motherhood and within um, the crone phase. So within motherhood, it is pregnancy and birth. And then within the crone aspect, it is menopause. So with the maiden, that first bleed is this new awareness, this new uh, understanding of what her actual purpose biologically is. And it is to be a divine creator. That's what a woman does. We are given the parts of our body that we are given in order to reproduce and continue the human race. And that is, oh my gosh, that's just so heavy in so many ways and so such a portal into new, new, um, thoughts and patterns of thinking and who this girl is going to be. And it is so unfortunate, I have to say, that there is not more honoring and reverence of a woman's period in our culture. We are taught from a very young age that our periods are a nuisance and annoying and an inconvenience and painful and they are suffering and they are um, a roller coaster of emotions. And I mean, we see just turn on any commercial for tampons or pads or all the new birth controls that come up. You know, one of the new ones that has come up recently is that Nexplanon where it's the insert in your arm. And these women keep, you know, the whole idea of these characters in this commercial is that these women are holding up their arm like they're strong and they're empowered because they aren't having a period and because they are able to now go on and pursue their careers or enjoy their husband or, or whatever. And I find that to be rather delusional, if I can even be so bold, in that that commercial glorifies taking away the element that makes us woman. Our menstrual cycle is every month we are given the opportunity to be renewed from within. Not that we have the opportunity to be in pain and suffer. We, our bodies are so amazing that they prepare for life and then they brilliantly expel when life is not sustained or life is given the opportunity to grow. I mean, that right there is amazing. And that I believe is missing within the maiden archetype that we see being displayed in our society is that this amazing rite of passage of bleeding for the first time and understanding what it is your body actually does. Um, with that missing, we women are transitioning or girls are transitioning from the beginning of maidenhood into the latter half of maidenhood, still confused and shamed um, in a way and feeling kind of gross and um, like there might be something wrong with them, which is could not be further from the truth. And let's take this even a little bit further. So now we have an expression of the maiden in the beginning of her life up till 
um, this point, this rite of passage, where there has been abundance of innocence and expressive vibrations coming from this individual, this love of discovery and inquiry and adventure and exploration of self and of our world through connection and nature and community. And she comes to this rite of passage of beginning to bleed. And if as a culture, we meet that woman, that individual, that female at such a pivotal time in her life with fear and shame or um, even guilt and disgust, then how could we possibly set her up to transition beautifully into motherhood? Because this the sacred rite of tra uh, passage into motherhood is birth, which is another full body expression, a full body phase and transition. And so, you know, if you really think about it, we, we set ourselves up from a young age to then uh, potentially have a disruptive transition into motherhood. Because right when we really should be appreciating and honoring and serving our body um, as we begin to bleed, we are having the exact opposite. We are um, pushing our body away, ignoring it, um, looking at it with disgust or with disdain or inconvenience. And so how is it even surprising, to be honest, that when women become pregnant and begin to move through um, this rite of passage to birth and this transition from maiden to mother, that there is fear. I mean, how could there not be? There's not an understanding and a reverence and knowledge of what has been happening to their body for fill-in-the-blank years from the first menzies to birth. Of course, there's going to be some blind spots there. There's going to be some major, major issues. And this is why it's so important that we really return to these archetypes in some way, shape, or form in our lives, understanding that our transition or our, our growth in maidenhood is going to impact deeply our transitions and our lived experiences in motherhood and in our crone phase as well. Just super important that we that we do that. And, and with social media today and with commercials and pharmaceutical companies and all sorts of different things, we have to be so mindful of our language and the way that we approach things and the exposure that we give to young women. We tend to think that in maidenhood, um, and, and even for young boys, I will say this as well, we think that it's actually better to hide things, to keep things a secret, or to wait to talk about things until children are of a certain age, um, which never really made any sense to me because each child, I have three children, they're all different ages, but they all have different cognition and, and they have kind of come online, so to speak, at different points in their lives and in different ways and have expressed that in different ways. So to decide, okay, at the age of 10, we're going to talk about sex or at the age of um, when my daughter has her period, that's when we'll talk about periods because then it'll be appropriate, which really doesn't serve anybody. If, if 
something is normalized up until it happens, then when that experience does occur in someone's life, it can be transformative in a positive way because up to that point, they have had trusted adults and individuals in their lives that have helped them see the significance of these things. I mean, think of a maiden um, and a young man losing their virginity, right? And how, what a what a profound experience that is and how much more transformative that can be for a maiden if up till that point in her life, sex was normalized but honored and seen for the um, grand expression of love that it is, right? So it's just, it's it needs to be discussed more often how our language, our cultural um, conditioning of girls can impact just the complete trajectory of a woman's life. It just can't go unnoticed. And I think one thing that can really help um, is the way we talk about ourselves as women should be almost as if we are superheroes. And I know you're going to laugh and think I'm ridiculous, but hear me out. So, you know, what's the most famous um, female superhero, right? It's Wonder Woman. And um, Wonder Woman can do anything. She's uh, incredible. Um, she has superpowers. And we just willingly believe, of course, Wonder Woman has superpowers. She's Wonder Woman. I mean, look at what she can do, right? What if we started as women owning our superpower. We are the divine creators. We populate the earth. That is our job. How is that not the most amazing superpower of all time? I don't get it. I don't see how we could possibly lose that in our culture, but let's bring it back, ladies. Please, 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 please come back with me with that. Um, the last thing I want to say about the maiden archetype is that, um, and we'll see this in the mother archetype as well as in the crone, but there are deaths in the maiden archetype. And this isn't often talked about, especially because the maiden archetype um, is you know, related so much with youth and vibra vibrance and um, exuberance and uh, just play and all those things. And it is. It's a huge part of being a maiden. But we also do see those things in the mother uh, archetype and the crone archetype as well. Um, but one thing that needs to be discussed, and again, our culture doesn't always support this, is that there are deaths in the maiden phase. Um, the first death, if you really think about it, is the separation from the mother at birth, right? There is a death of the life that that fetus knew, the comfort of the womb and the um, sustained nourishment and um, support that comes from being in a mother's womb, right? The significance of cutting the umbilical cord um, and being disconnected from your mother is uh, a loss, right? And of course, a baby, an infant, a newborn does not have the um, cognitive ability to think this through. Um, but, you know, there is, there is this kind of death there. And this is where as a mother of a young child, be it a boy or a girl, is so important um, to understand that there is a death there. There is a loss there. Um, and then the second death or loss that we see in maidenhood is when we start our period. There is a death there. There is a loss of the pure innocence of um, youth, of childhood. This girl has now gone from um, really just using her body as a means of exploring this world and finding expression and direction 
And now um, her body is something that um, she doesn't necessarily have to attend to constantly, but she does have to connect with and now become intimately aware of the fluctuations that her body goes through now that she has her menstrual cycle. So an interesting fact is um, men cycle through their hormones in a 24-hour period. They just cycle through and, and continue on, those lucky, lucky guys. But women, it takes us 28 days to go through our hormone cycle. And as we all know, those um, can be a roller coaster a lot of times. Um, and so the moment that a woman or a girl, rather, begins her period, there is a, a death, right? There is a loss, a grieving period of the innocence of the youth before that. But with that death, then also comes birth, right? So going back to the newborn having um, a death of the life they knew before, a loss of the life they knew before, but then there is their birth where they get to then experience the nurturing and supportive and unconditional love of their parents being held, being fed, being um, uh, soothed and taken care of. That is a birth and a beautiful new transition and a new life. So we have death and birth at the same time, two things that require our attention intently and intimately, um, which can make those transitions very difficult, but they are there and they are present. And then with the death of the, of the youth of maidenhood before the period also comes the birth of um, a new awareness and a new consciousness of just what exactly being a woman means and the absolute gravity and majesty of being a woman. And that's where I think that we maybe drop the ball in our culture is um, not really honoring and fully supporting this this beautiful new being, this beautiful new woman, um, and who she is and all that she can be in our world and what she can contribute, we set her up, unfortunately, for um, a little bit of failure in that we, uh, we don't exactly create a foundation of trust within herself, of her body, and the abilities of her, of her vessel. Um, we don't instill in her confidence and um, the understanding and uh, honoring of her body. The foundation moving forward as a woman um, is cracked and is has doubt and has some fear and some misunderstanding in it. And so therefore, how can we expect her to um, seamlessly and easily transition with a cracked foundation into motherhood, which is... Um, you know, of the three, probably the most difficult and profound um, phase and archetype to uh, navigate in this life. So these are all things that really come up with our maiden self and our maiden archetype that um, we don't discuss and I think leads to a lot of the um, detriment of um, the difficulty of becoming a mother and being a mother in our world. And, um, you know, all of this being discussed about women should also then be integrated into the way that we portray women to the men in our world and in our lives. So if you have sons, um, you know, really showing and shining the light on women and girls and <clears throat> highlighting the beautiful differences between the genders and the roles that they play in our world and 
how the nurturing nature of women complements the protective nature of men. And we could go on and on. I have no doubt that this will be um, this idea of training or kind of conditioning or teaching our future generations about these archetypes in our world and the role that they play, including the archetypes of um, men. So oftentimes we'll see there is a trinity with men. There is page, there is the knight, and then there is the father. And those are major archetypes in the uh, masculine expression of the world. So I have no doubt later on we will probably dive into this more, hopefully with some more specialists and um, some experts and professionals that know more about this um, even than me, so we can dive deeper. Um, but I hope that today gave you um, at least some foundation and understanding of this maiden archetype and who she is in our world and how we see her um, being expressed. And um, all you have to do really is take one look at social media um, and see the different, very different expressions of the maiden across our world. And I would encourage you when you do see those expressions, um, to see them just as that, to not identify with the individual that is doing that, but to simply to see, ah, okay, this is one facet of expression of the maiden archetype in our world. And um, as anyone can, you can decide what expression of the maiden archetype you feel is beneficial to our world and what expressions are suboptimal for the progress of our world and the um, continued honoring of the feminine in our culture. Um, but I do, I encourage you just to see it as that and then um, to move forward and make changes in your own life. And if you are still in your maiden phase, maybe begin to really embrace that in a different way so that others may see that um, there are expressions of the maiden that are not disruptive or um, self-righteous or um, narcissistic in any way, um, but that the maiden um, serves our world in such a tremendous way in that she is um, the dreamer, she is the light, she is the hope and the innocence and the play that we need so desperately in a world that is um, so blinded by the need for progress. So anyway, um, today was a blast for me to discuss something that is so passionate, um, such a passion of mine. And um, please, if you have any uh, comments or um, questions or any additional information that you want to share about this maiden archetype, please um, be sure to let me know. Send me an email, send me a message. Um, I would love to hear more about it. But um, our next episode will be about the amazing mother archetype. So get ready for that and we'll see you again very soon. I want to thank you for spending part of your day here with us. Hopefully you have found some new inspiration, strength, and courage to move forward on your journey. Until we connect again, I see you and I love you.